0: The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World.
1: Americans today are divided, and it seems those divisions grow deeper every day. However, one thing that does unite Americans might come as a surprise. In spite of a wide divergence of opinions on just about everything, most people in America keep Christmas. In 2013, the Pew Research Center conducted a poll about Christmas observance. In that study, they found that 9 out of 10 Americans observed this holiday. Even 80% of those who describe themselves as non-Christian keep Christmas. Only 7% of Americans said they don't keep Christmas at all. Truly, this tradition is deeply ingrained in modern American culture. And frankly, it's a big part of cultures all around the world as well. And yet, when you look at the underlying reasons for observing Christmas, Americans are once again divided. Just over half keep it for religious reasons. Contrast that with about one third of people who only keep it as a cultural holiday with no religious connection. What about you? Do you observe Christmas? And if so, why? You may be surprised by what is presented in today's program, but all of what we discuss will be factual, backed by the Bible, and by history. You'll also definitely want to request your free copy of today's special offer. Our very informative booklet on this subject is Christmas Christian. Make sure you call the number on your screen or go to tomorrowsworld.org to request your own free copy. Why Christmas? Let's explore that question today on Tomorrow's World. Regardless of their reason for the season, almost everybody keeps Christmas. This popular tradition cuts across national borders and through social boundaries. As the History.com website points out, probably the most celebrated holiday in the world, our modern Christmas is a product of hundreds of years of both secular and religious traditions from around the globe. As the website explains, Norway was the birthplace of the custom of the Yule Log. Germany was where the winter solstice tradition of decorating an evergreen tree began. The custom of caroling, in which performing groups travel from house to house, originated in England. In Central and South America, the focus is on the birth of Christ and the so-called nativity scene. In Australia, where Christmas occurs in the heat of summer, Beach outings and outdoor barbecues are common. In the Philippines and other subtropical climates, snowflakes are a rare sight, but that doesn't stop decorations featuring Santa and his reindeer from appearing in shopping malls nationwide. The appeal and lure of Christmas is worldwide. For many, it has become one of the most popular and important events of the year. What is Christmas time like for you? Here is how author Desmond Morris describes it in his book, Christmas Watching. Why is that woman over there buying enough food to withstand a siege? What is that man doing trying to wrestle a small fir tree into the back of his car? Why is that couple staggering along the street clutching a mountain of parcels? What on earth is going on? The answer, of course, is that Christmas is coming round once again. The human race is preparing to celebrate its great midwinter festival. There are many other special days in the year, but there's nothing to touch the huge impact of Christmas Day. A lot of shopping, baking, setting up decorations, hanging ornaments on a tree, and that's just the beginning. It touches virtually everyone, and anticipation builds for many for this once a year observance. The writer notes at Christmas time, Everything changes. Work stops. Vast business empires grind to a halt. Traffic jams vanish. People eat differently, dress differently, and decorate their homes differently. Families cluster together in bigger groups than usual. For children, there is a feeling of something magical in the air. There is feasting on special foods and drinking of special drinks. There are gifts to be opened and games to be played. Above all, there is a whole series of special rituals to be performed. Everything from kissing under the mistletoe and hanging baubles on the Christmas tree to setting light to the Christmas pudding and pulling Christmas crackers. There's a script that is followed. There's a pattern that is adhered to. But why? What do these customs mean? Mr. Morris concludes, why do we indulge in all these curious customs? What does it all mean, and what are the origins of the many seemingly irrational acts we perform each year on the 25th of December and the days around it? Although officially Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Christ, hardly anything we do during the Christmas festivities has the slightest connection with Christianity, let alone with the arrival of the infant Jesus. Because it is much more than a simple religious festival, Christmas appeals to almost everyone. It becomes a national event. People who have never entered a church in their entire adult lives still perform the Christmas ceremonies without question. Usually they have no idea why they are doing them. What a summation of the most important event of the year for both professing Christians and more secular people. Customs that are curious... Irrational, without the slightest connection to Christianity. Are you willing to examine your traditions instead of just going along with a crowd who perform rituals with no idea why they're doing them? If you want to ask that question, we have a free booklet just for you that can help in your study. It's called, Is Christmas Christian? Call the number that will be shown on your screen in just a moment to request your free copy. This booklet will ask the questions, why the strange customs of this annual holiday? Where do they come from? And why do so many people keep them today? It will give you much more additional information than we have time for in our brief time here today. You may be astonished at what you find. Don't just follow the masses. Know why you do what you do. This booklet is totally free. We won't charge you or ask you for money. It's for you. So be sure to call or write for your free copy today. Again in a moment, we'll provide you with an address to write to or a phone number to call. Or just go online and order it on our website. It's for you and you need this booklet.
0: Order yours today. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now. 1-800-236-0531 or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org with this offer you will also receive your free subscription to tomorrow's world magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues and be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now.
1: Welcome back. As we mentioned in an earlier segment, many people observe Christmas in an effort to show honor and loyalty to Christ. Their answer to the question, why Christmas, would be, Well, to worship Christ. We should honor and worship Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the captain of our salvation. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. He is the one who will return as King of kings and Lord of lords over all mankind. We should honor Him. The question is how? When Jesus was speaking on the Mount of Olives, he made a very interesting statement. It's found in Luke 6 46. He asked, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Many in the religious world call Jesus Lord. Lord means master, boss, superior, the one who gives us direction. The proof is do our actions match our words? In our daily life, in our customary rituals do we do what He says. He then went on to make a statement that has direct bearing on our life today, beginning in verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. We're living in uncertain times. Our world is getting more dangerous and unpredictable. Many are worried about their future. There are prophetic hard times ahead. And yet Christ said, Build your house on the true rock, and even in the coming storms of life you can have confidence. Notice what happens if we don't build our house on the rock of Christ. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Everyone knows you have to build a house on a foundation. That foundation needs to be stable and strong. It might be made of rock or stone or concrete. It needs to be fixed so that the house won't wash away in a flood or a violent windstorm. So what are you doing to build your foundation of life on? What about your children? Are you helping them to build the right foundation for their lives? Think about modern Christmas traditions. Many of them center around an imaginary figure who loves children, flies at supernatural speeds on a mythical sleigh, knows if you've been naughty or nice, and brings wonderful gifts to those who've been good. I know, everyone knows that Santa Claus isn't real. He's only make-believe. He's only a figment of imagination. But hold on a second. There is a being who is real, who loves children, who really can travel at supernatural speeds, and who does know our actions and every thought. He really does know if we've been good or bad and He rewards based on the good. Who is this being? He's the Christ of the Bible. And we can easily find passages that describe this real and actual being in Scripture. Notice Matthew 19 and verse 13. Then little children were brought to Him that He might put His hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to Me, and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Every year at Christmas time, a man dresses up as Santa and has a special place of prominence in many of our malls and shopping centers. Ecstatic children wait for their turn in great anticipation to sit on his lap for a few seconds and whisper requests for gifts in his ear. But here, in the inspired Word of God, there is a record of someone who is real, who is alive, and when he was on earth, he proved how much he loves children. Even when his disciples were thinking he was too busy, he made time for them. He brought them close. He hugged them. He laid his hands on their heads and he blessed them. He prayed for them. That's the Jesus Christ of the Bible. Who is more real to your children, Santa Claus? Or Jesus Christ. Look at another glimpse of our Savior just after he was resurrected. It's from John 20 and verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad. When they saw the Lord. Our culture glorifies stories of a magical figure who appears on Christmas Eve in homes to bring good gifts and even eat a cookie or two before he disappears. But think about it Jesus Christ, after his resurrection, really did have the power to travel anywhere on earth and throughout the universe at the blink of an eye and even appear in a closed room when the doors were shut. That was something clearly beyond natural powers. Are your children more fascinated by mythical figures who have supposed magical powers than the Jesus Christ of the Bible who was real and who has powers we have a written record of? When Jesus Christ returns, the Bible shows that He's going to reward human beings according to their works. This is recorded in Revelation 22, And verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Jesus Christ knows who's been naughty or nice, and he's going to give rewards to everyone according to their works. Yes, salvation is a free gift from God, salvation is through grace based on our faith and obedience. But Jesus Christ does see what we do and will reward our service to Him and our loving, caring kindnesses to our neighbors. Now, who's the real figure we should honor and adore? The one who really can walk through walls and travel all around the globe at the speed of thought? The one who really can read our thoughts and knows if we've been good or bad? the one who really does love us and our children and has proven it by giving up his life and dying for us, the one who grants us salvation as a free gift because of faith and because we love and obey him, but is also going to reward us for our works, our loving and caring service. And yet popular culture glorifies another figure, doesn't it? A made-up hero who frankly has sort of robbed the attention from the one who really does do these things. Desmond Morris makes that exact point in the book Christmas Watching on pages 12 and 13. Santa Claus began life as Nicholas, a saintly bishop in the ancient coastal city of Myra in what is now southwest Turkey. Because of his generous gift-giving and his protection of small children, Nicholas became an immensely popular saint all across Europe. He then explains how over the centuries this figure changed and evolved to what we have today called Santa Claus. The name Father Christmas was amalgamated with the personality of Santa Claus to create our own immensely popular Christmas figure. Much to the disgust of the more pious clergy, Santa eventually became more popular than Jesus with modern children. This outraged certain elements in the church, but they were helpless to halt his ascent to the central peak of the Christmas festival. Father Christmas, alias Santa Claus, was here to stay. Is Santa Claus more real to children than Jesus Christ? If so, don't you think that shows that something is terribly wrong? Doesn't that seem a bit strange that a fictitious figure could actually take the place of the one who is real and can do miraculous things? All of us need to get to know the real God better. We need to get to know our Savior, who's coming back soon as King of Kings. And we need to recognize and reject the imaginary imposters that seek to take His place. This is such an important topic that we've devoted an entire booklet to the subject. It's entitled, Is Christmas Christian? It covers a tremendous amount of information that we can only scratch the surface of during this program. Some of the chapter headings are, Why December 25th? When was Jesus born? Are you dreaming of a commercial Christmas? Santa Claus or Ho-Ho Hoax? And, evergreens, and other Christmas traditions. Maybe you've never heard about the true origins of Christmas. This is the time to find out. Is Christmas Christian will show you in detail the facts about the origins of this popular but ill-conceived tradition. So be sure to call or write for your free copy today. We want to hear from you. We want to send you this free important booklet.
0: So don't delay. Order yours right away. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Visit us online at TomorrowsWorld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter.
1: In the last segment, we focused on those who keep Christmas for religious reasons. But many people observe it for more secular, non-religious purposes, They see it as a time to spend time with family and friends and cultivate goodwill and positive feelings. It is good to spend time with those we love. God created us. He put us in families. He made us desire close bonds with others. And eating together, just eating together, strengthens connections between human beings. But should our mealtimes and special get-togethers throughout the year only be focused on being with one another should not those special times also include the one who made us in the first place it's interesting to note that the word holiday even has a hint of a religious past you really cannot divorce the word holiday from religion the word holiday itself is a contraction of two words holy and day or holy and day a time to commune with our divine Creator. Breaking bread together was something that the early New Testament church did. But what holy days did they keep? There's even a fascinating description of one of them in your Bible. It's speaking of the fall harvest festival called the Feast of Tabernacles, a festival that Jesus Himself observed. Listen to this description and see if this doesn't sound like great family time. It's found in Deuteronomy 14, verse 23, and we'll read it from the International Standard Version. Then in the presence of the Lord your God, in the place where He'll choose to establish His name, you may consume the tithe of your grain, your new wine, your oil, and the firstborn of your livestock and flock, so that you'll learn to revere the Lord your God all your life. You may spend the money to your heart's content to buy livestock, flocks, wine, strong drink, and whatever you desire. You and your household may eat there and rejoice in the presence of the Lord your God. Who wouldn't enjoy feasting on a delicious meal of fine cuts of steak and succulent roasted lamb garnished with tasty fruits and vegetables? And perhaps enjoying a glass of fine wine with it produced from your own vineyards? Imagine the multiple generations of family members around the table laughing and smiling, telling stories, teasing, and kidding one another good-naturedly, and loving every minute of it. This was the picture, all in the context of learning to love and serve their Creator God. Not only did God's way bring together family, it involved the whole community. It involved charitable acts to those who otherwise would be alone the widows the orphans he goes on saying in verse 29 foreigners orphans and widows who live in your cities will come eat and be satisfied that way the lord your god shall bless you in everything you do what a great time what a joyous event with memories that would last a lifetime who wouldn't want to join in the fun the bible shows in zechariah 14:16 that this same Feast of Tabernacles is prophesied to be kept by all humanity during the millennial reign of Christ. This is the same festival that Jesus, the Apostles, and the early New Testament Church observed each year. If you want to learn more about these fantastic festivals and how they differ from the customs of today, order your own personal copy of our free booklet Is Christmas Christian? It's great to get together with family and friends, to enjoy food and good times, but shouldn't we include the one who made us in the festivities? And shouldn't we do it according to His instructions? Find the answers in this free booklet, Is Christmas Christian? Call us or write for it or download it today.
0: Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Or write to us at the address on your screen. Or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. And be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox. Faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Jesus Christ
1: is our Savior. He voluntarily came to earth. He lived and died for us for you and for me, to save us from our sins. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. Honoring Him is good, but we must honor the King in the way the King tells us to honor Him. God tells us in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 2, Do not learn the way of the Gentiles, for the customs of the peoples are futile. That's His instruction for us. Deuteronomy twelve thirty also states, Do not inquire after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. If our customs are religious but not biblical, we're missing out. If our observances are secular and not acknowledging the God who gave us breath, we're missing out. There's got to be something better. Notice how Christ warned some of the leaders of His day who were keeping many traditions but not acknowledging the true God. It's found in Mark 7 and verse 9. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down, and many such things you do. We here at Tomorrow's World are dedicated to seeking out the true values and true riches of life as revealed in the Bible. We want to help you. We're here to help you in your walk with God and in your search for truth. The stakes are too high to only guess on these vital issues. We need to examine what we're doing and why. And then we need to act on what we learn. Come back next time. Gerald Weston, Richard Ames, and Wallace Smith and I each week will strive to bring you the good news of your awesome future and the prophecies laid out in your own Bible. And don't forget to request the free literature offered on today's telecast, Is Christmas Christian? It's free. It'll open your eyes to this vital truth. Thank you for joining us. Have a good week. We'll see you next time on Tomorrow's World.
0: To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.